In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. A Michigan judge heard arguments Thursday on a slew of lawsuits that revolve around whether Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson has the authority to keep Donald Trump's name off state ballots for president. Attorney Michael Colombo argued to keep the former president's name on the ballot. This case and others like it demand reading the law as a whole and interpreting the parts in ways that let the system work. We have to avoid inadvertently creating a crisis that an otherwise blinkered approach might cause. Other activists are suing Benson in the Michigan Court of Claims to force Benson to keep Trump's name off the ballots. Benson has publicly stated she believes voters should decide. The judge who heard all three separate cases stated he will act with all possible deliberate speed to figure out what should happen next. There's a new lawsuit over abortion rights in Michigan. Right to Life of Michigan has filed a federal lawsuit challenging Proposal 3. Michigan voters approved the proposal last November. It enshrines abortion rights in the state constitution. Michigan News Network legal analyst Charlie Langton told us more about the lawsuit. The lawsuit is basically claiming that Michigan's constitutional amendment, you said it was Proposal 3, it violates the rights of women and the unborn. And the Republicans who basically filed this lawsuit, they say that this abortion amendment created a super right, a right that they say violates the United States Constitution, and they want Proposal 3 to be declared unconstitutional. The lawsuit announced Wednesday afternoon at a Right to Life rally was attended by thousands outside the state capitol. Michigan House wrapped up its legislative session for 2023 on Thursday, and State Representative Joey Andrews says it was a busy one. With Democrats in charge of Lansing for the first time in decades, he tells us the party moved fast on a lot of their priorities. The tax relief that we gave to seniors and working families, repealing right to work, restoring abortion protections by repealing the abortion ban, and expanding Elliott Larson were some of the, I think, high watermarks as far as what we were able to accomplish for the people of the state. Andrew says local issues he's proud to have addressed are funding to reopen the Palisades nuclear power plant and debt forgiveness for Benton Harbor area schools. He says he also heard a lot about abortion rights. We hear a lot about, especially from women, about you know getting the abortion ban repealed and the Reproductive Health Act bills that we just recently passed. You know, I think for a lot of people that was a, a critical part of the election last year, and delivering on that has been a, a big deal for them. Andrew says it's a disappointment. Short-term rental legislation did not get finished by the end of the session. He says it's a complex bill that needs more negotiation. Also, he had a bill that would lift a preemption on local wage setting and workforce standards that failed to move forward. He says lawmakers can pick up where they left off when they return to Lansing early next year. For now, he says he's got a lot of in-district work to do for the winter. The Michigan House has approved legislation that would give a tax break to large data centers. Cornerstone Alliance President Rob Cleveland testified in favor of the idea in Lansing and tells us the bill, which would exempt data center equipment from the use and sales tax, is a game-changer. In the state of Michigan, we do not have a data center sales tax exemption, and 34 other states in the country do, so it sets us at a disadvantage. So this legislation would exempt those enterprise data centers from sales tax, and when you're talking about the data center equipment, that stuff changes over about every 18 months to two years, so they're spending millions of dollars in just taxes. Cleveland says giving data centers a break would make the state far more attractive for investment, He says while enterprise data centers don't necessarily provide a large number of jobs, they do pay a lot in property tax and the jobs they do provide tend to be higher paying. Cornerstone Alliance has a site in Benton Township that it is shopping to developers. One possible use would be a data center. The legislation allowing the tax exemption now goes to the state senate.
A private ceremony has been held to rededicate a bridge between Benton Harbor and St. Joseph in honor of former Benton Harbor Mayor Charles Freeman Joseph. He served as the city's first black mayor from 1971 to 1976. Harbor Shores Redevelopment Managing Director Chris Cook tells us the bridge links Whitwam Drive in St. Joseph and Riverview Drive in Benton Harbor. The bridge was originally dedicated and named after Charles Freeman Joseph back in 2005. And you may recall there was a plywood sign that was put up at that time designating it as such. And we just thought it was time to better celebrate what Charles Freeman Joseph did for the community with a plaque that gives some history of his involvement with the city. Cook says anyone can now go to the bridge to read the plaque and learn more about Mayor Joseph and local history. As mayor, Joseph pushed for major infrastructure and building projects, including the police and fire department buildings connected to City Hall, the Dial-A-Ride building on Main Street, and a recreation facility behind Benton Harbor High School. In his career, he also worked for Whirlpool Corporation for nine years and spent 42 years in the Air Force. Cook says around 20 family members of Joseph, along with Whirlpool representatives and city officials, attended last week's rededication. Mayor Joseph could not make it, as he now lives in Arizona. A possible revaluation of the Cook nuclear power plant in Bridgman could have a big impact on Berrien County. Speaking to the Berrien County Board of Commissioners on Thursday, County Administrator Brian DeSette said the county is currently going through a tax appeal with the state related to the plant. This appeal seeks a significant uh, reduction, roughly a 30% reduction in the value of the plant. If under that hypothetical, the state agreed with Cook Plant's uh, valuation reduction, it would have an immediate impact of roughly $3 million, between 3 and $3.5 million less flowing in in the form of uh, tax revenue to the county. DeSantis said if revaluation of Cook is approved by the state, the county, Lake Township, and Bridgman Public Schools will all be affected. Due to the way the process works, he said Lake Township has to lead the appeal with the state and the county is providing the township support. He expects the matter will drag out for some time. Now that Midwest Energy and Communications has secured a $27 million state grant to expand broadband in Berrien County, you can expect construction to start soon. MEC's Candy Ream spoke to the Berrien County Board of Commissioners on Thursday to explain how customers can go about signing up for the new high-speed internet service. The signing up for service is relatively easy. You can go to our website. There's an icon that has the internet and then something that says check address eligibility. So you're just going to click on that. They're going to put their address in. It's going to put them in one of those zones. It will give them the estimated time and then they'll be able to walk through that. Reem said the site also has a timeline for when which areas will get service installation. This is really the best way for them to not only get information the quickest, but to get signed up for service. It's a very easy process to sign up for service. Reem said customers can sign up now for MEC broadband even before construction work is complete. Fee installation is $100 and the monthly rate for broadband will be comparable to other providers. We have links to more information on our website, wsjm.com. If you're feeling a little blue, you are not alone. With less daylight in the fall and winter, some people are prone to getting the winter blues. Dr. Charletta Dennis is with Priority Health. With the reduced amount of uh, sunlight and um, the increased darkness, some people can experience what's called winter blues, or this is a subtype of depression called seasonal affective disorder. And this is actually... um, can affect 
a lot of people, especially in Michigan, uh, where it's cold and it's dreary. Dennis says ways to beat the winter blues are putting on bright lights in your home or office, getting exercise, changing your diet. If you feel things are getting out of control, she advises getting professional help. And tomorrow is Veterans Day. Saturday, there are plenty of events taking place throughout southwest Michigan to honor those who have served. Daughters of American Revolution will hold their annual wreath laying on the bluff in St. Joseph at 11 a.m. Representatives of the Pokagon Band of Potawatomi will be on hand because the ceremony will honor one of the soldiers listed in the World War I monument, a Native American named Henry Quigno. The ceremony will begin with sirens and then a moment of silence. Also Saturday, a salute to our veterans program will be held at the Ah Claire High School. Berrien County Sheriff Paul Bailey. The Alcare Public School allows us to use the gym at the school to recognize veterans. And the program starts at 5 o'clock where they can come and have dinner for free from 5 to 6.30. And the program is at 7 in the gym. Bailey says everyone should take time to honor veterans. Just because they sacrificed time out of their life to go in and do whatever was needed to keep our country safe. At that event, the speaker will be John Meeks II, who served in Vietnam. Veterans are invited to bring one guest. Also Saturday, the American Legion Post 169 in New Buffalo is having a flag retirement ceremony at 11 a.m. and a dinner from 4 to 7 p.m. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.